Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. Uh, this is the podcast that helps you grow wealth and become financially independent. My name is Beko and my partner, Hari. Hello. Okay. Um, let's continue our discussion, Hari, of, uh, of this company, Residio. Yeah. And let me uh, do a quick disclaimer here. <clears throat> you know, okay. our um, uh, podcast, the Value Investor TV podcast, is here to help you understand value investing and uh, and educate and entertain you um, uh, in that endeavor. We are not a financial advisor and we're not giving specific financial advice. Um, if you need uh, help with your finances, I would consult a financial advisor uh, before making any investment decisions. Awesome. So, uh, Becca, we were talking about uh, Residio Technologies, which is a spinoff of Honeywell. Um, and we had kind of gone through some of the the discussion around, you know, why did why did Honeywell spin off this company? You know, they've been doing this for with uh, three or four businesses since 2016, uh, and they've been kind of following a blueprint of loading up the the spin off with debt um, and taking a, a cash payment for uh, you know upfront, you know, as part of that spin off. Um, so it, you know, it's kind of an interesting setup, right? They're splitting off this business. Um, that is in uh, is making it you know more available to Wall Street to you know identify it independently of this larger conglomerate, uh, which is Honeywell. Um, and so as we're going through this, you know we're kind of seeing like they're splitting off the business. There's enough difference between Honeywell and Residio that you would want them to be separated. So now the the real question is you know what what is the the trigger that I think will um, or split, you know, as they're split, what'll m- allow Wall Street to value this better, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so we had talked a little bit about those things. Um, and if you're interested in that, um, you know, if or if you have questions about how spinoffs in general work, uh, episode 63 and 64, we kind of walk through that. So, um, all right, so getting back to our checklist uh, for spinoffs, um, you know, does... does Residio's spinoff of Honeywell, or I'm sorry, uh, Honeywell spinoff of Residio, mm-hmm. does it solve some sort of regulatory or antitrust problem um, that allows Residio to, you know, um, make future um, acquisitions, um, you know, so that, you know, they can continue to grow? Yeah. Um, with antitrust, I don't think there is much issue. I don't think there was any sort of that issue with Honeywell having Residio in-house. Um, now, they have been making acquisitions since the spinoff, uh, Residio has, but mm-hmm. I don't think anything that they couldn't have done if they were still part of Honeywell. So Yeah, exactly. Okay, and you know the, the answer to some of these is not going to be applicable or you know not, not that important. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, so now let's start getting into some valuation questions. Um, so are there any reasons unrelated to the value of the underlying business why the spin-off will fall in price making it cheap? So for everyone who uh, you know is isn't aware uh when the spin-off actually occurred Residio uh was trading at around $31 a share it has dropped to around $21 a share at the time of this recording. 
Um, so, you know, it's almost learned it lost a third of its value um, since October 2018. Um, and this was recorded in the middle of June uh, 2019. So six months, we've seen a lot of selling pressure. Um, so does is there anything here that makes us think that Wall Street doesn't understand the business or what business Residio is in? You know, this is one of the questions that we have uh, as mm-hmm. part of the spinoff. Uh, mm. I think it's more, I think it's more of a, it's more of a, I think Wall Street un- definitely understands this business. It's more of a, it's not a really hard business to understand in my opinion, mm-hmm. but what the reason for such a huge downward pressure and reason for kind of Wall Street not evaluating it properly perhaps is because it is not in a sexy industry, to be frank. I think that's that's a big reason why there's a huge drop uh, in sales price, in, 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 uh, in share price. I think that's one of the big reasons. Another big reason is what we kind of alluded to earlier uh, in the previous episode, which is Residio is no longer part of Honeywell. And Honeywell, you know, as big as it is, it is, you know, it is, it is in, in many different indexes. And Residio is no longer part of Honeywell, so it is no longer part of these indexes. And therefore, there is a huge selling pressure. Um, yeah, so I think... So I think those I, are... Yeah, definitely the removal from the index is a big deal, right? And I, mm-hmm. I think Honeywell, like most large companies like that, will have, you know, 70, 80% of it will be held by institutions, right? Mm-hmm. And so the institutional investors um, would be dumping shares even if they don't have to be part of an index, just because the new company is too small, right, for mm-hmm. them to be to loading them up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so they, they would get this show up one day, Presidio is in their uh, brokerage account, and they dump it because it doesn't meet their investment thesis or they only invest in large cap companies. And, you know, this will fall under a mid to small cap, you know, business. So um, that, mm-hmm. that can definitely do, um, you know, do it. Um Mm-hmm. And um, you know, is is Honeywell and Residio are they completely different businesses and in different industries? Um, you know, yeah, I think that was one of the reasons why they why Honeywell wanted to separate these businesses out. Uh, maybe it'd be good to kind of reiterate what um, Honeywell said. Uh, it said the product, which is one of the segments of Residio, product is only is one of the few businesses within Honeywell focused on individual consumer market and primarily serves the residential market. And distribution, Residio's another Residio's second um, business segment, distribution is the only business in Honeywell entirely focused on distribution. Yeah, so, yeah, there, so, go, so there may be yeah. some institutional uh, mutual funds that can't, can't own Residio because they are, you know, they're, institutional fund is only around conglomerates or large industrial mm-hmm. companies uh, and so that you know they don't fit that criteria mm-hmm. so that could be part of the selling pressure here too right mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly their charter doesn't just simply allow them to own, own, own these things yeah and we've seen that right we've lost a third of our value uh, or it's lost a third of its value since the spinoff so mm-hmm. um, okay so now let's move on to um, insiders um, you know Tell us a little bit about who are the insiders of the new spinoff and what are their potential motivations for, um, you know, joining the spinoff or, you know, staying with the company uh, after the spinoff. Yeah. So 
um, so this this company, um, Residio, the president and the CEO is his name is Mike uh, Nefkins, Mike Nefkins, and the chairman is Roger Fradden, Fradden, Roger Fradden. So Mike Nefkin and Roger Fradden. So Mike, the CEO, he um, he well, he's been the CEO of Honeywell's home business since 2018. So he's not new, but he is certainly not, you know. He's certainly not. He hasn't been with Honeywell for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came on board since the spinoff. He came to the board to, to uh, since the spinoff. And, and prior to prior to this, he was uh, with uh, HP, you know, Hewlett Packard uh, Enterprise Company, from November 2015 to April 2017. So this guy is not originally from Honeywell. So that is a sign that we have to take into account. If you look at some other companies that we've analyzed before, there were some companies where uh, the CEO of the parent company jump ship, jumps ship to the to the child company, to the spinoff company. Um, so that has a different, totally different connotation than 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 what we're seeing at Residio, where it's sort of the outsider that they're bringing in an outsider to run this company. So, um, so what what incentives are tied to his tied to the spinoff? And, you know, to, you know, and how is their compensation uh, structure uh, incentives that, you know, we would be interested in? Yeah. Um, so if I look at their, um, yeah, if I look at their, their um, incentive structure, um, they are looking at a couple things. They're looking at net income. They're also looking at free cash flow. They're looking at net income and free cash flow. Those are the big measurement stick that the board is using to measure the performance of the management. So from us, for, from a value value investor perspective, those are really good. Yeah. Net income and free cash flow. Those are a fantastic measurement stick. I would also, in an ideal situation, you know, I would I would like to have a little bit of kind of operational efficiency ratio in there, mm-hmm. just because of the debt volume. Um. Um, I think that that would have been nice, but I think these are these are good uh, good metrics to begin with. Yeah, but you know, it makes you wonder why would the CEO take a job at Honeywell Home? You know, he certainly would know that they're spinning it off if it was, mm-hmm. you know, if he was hired in the same year that they actually did the spinoff. And mm-hmm. if he's saying tying it to net income uh, is how he wants his and free cash flow, which is you know, like you said, fantastic way of measuring things. If that's mm-hmm. the case, then he's clearly knows that he can expand the net income and free cash flow. Otherwise, why come over to the business, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, that to me is kind of a very strong sign that there is something that they see, the management sees to so that they can maximize their own return, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, was did the uh, company stock I- in the new business? Um, how much of that was given to management and employees? Um, it's I don't have that information with me, um, but I do have this. In 2018, uh, the CEO, uh, Mike, uh, the president and chief executive, in 2018, his base salary was, um, let me blow this up so I can see it better. His base salary was 100 uh, $135,000. So, very, very minimal. Um, 
again, but but also this is 2018, so it, this company spun off in October, um, so it might be just prorated uh, salary. Um, but his stock award was four million dollars, four million in stock. So total compensation for the CEO in 2018 came out to be five point four million dollars. So in not, 2018. not bad for, you know, a CEO of a fairly big company, two and a half billion right. dollar company. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. So there's, I mean, certainly going back to your question about incentive alignment, I think certainly there is, there are, there are, there are things in place to make sure that the management is aligned with the shareholders. If you look at the stock option, if you look at the stock awards, is um, the base pay. Is there any um, is the is Honeywell retaining any of the stock in um, in Residio? Yeah, I th- that's something that um, that I have not been able to figure out. Okay. Um, I imagine so, but again, I, I'm not sure. Okay, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I I mean, I think obviously the more that they hold, the more you know the incentive they they see that by spinning it off, they'll get more you know value out of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just another indicator that you would look for to see, you know, does this thing have legs, right? Mm -hmm. And I I feel like what we're seeing is something is going to be coming down the line from a earnings perspective to expand that net income from Mm -hmm. what it is today, because that's what the CEO wants. You know, that's how they've been incentivizing him to expand, you know, to grow earnings. So... Mm -hmm. I think that's why you saw, you know, quarter one, they've announced this $50 million reduction, right? Because mm-hmm. most companies actually focus on operating income. They are mm-hmm. focusing on net income, which tells you that they want this guy to pay down the debt also, right? Because if he pays down yeah. debt, there's less interest. Less interest uh, expenses mean higher net income, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it's an interesting thing that, you know, he's focusing on that. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and as, I think it's a strong sign, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, uh, you know, moving on to the, um, how does, you know, when we look at Residio, are there any other companies that are similar to it and which, can, can we compare multiples for those businesses? Yeah, I think this is a great question and this is something that we, I think, haven't done a good job with our analysis. Um, you know, comparing the multiple to kind of wider industry. And this right. is going back to what we talked about with the technology industry. They're getting huge multiples. Um, what does that look like in the context? In that context, what does you know a company that we're analyzing look like? I don't think we have done a good job in that. Um, I think we should do a better job in understanding the industry and the multiples that the that the, the Wall Street gives. Um, as much as I like to ignore that, <laughs> because we we really should analyze individual companies one by one, it is the world that we live in, and Wall Street sort of dictates the price uh, in many cases. So, um, going back to your question, I I don't have the answer for that question. Well, I think the thing that we can kind of just anchor to is <clears throat> a business like this. You'd expect a PE of ten to fifteen is, you know wouldn't be unheard of, right? And today mm-hmm. we're sitting at a PE of six. So mm-hmm. I think even without really knowing exactly doing a direct comparison, um, you know, they're cheap, 
right? I mean, they're they're trading mm-hmm. lower. I don't I don't imagine that the the rest of the industry will be t- trading at a PE of six. Also, so mm-hmm. I feel comfortable with saying you know it is lower than their peers. I don't know mm-hmm. that they necessarily have direct peers, uh, you know, that they can you can point to. But mm-hmm. um, okay, uh, you know, last couple of questions here. Um, are there any future events that we see in the you know the in residio that would make us think um, there at that you know there could be an inflection? So this could be uh, new products that are coming out. Um, you know a. Uh, potentially large contract, you know, with a distributor, you know, or, or from the distribution side, uh, anything like that, that you've seen or that they've alluded to. Not that I, uh, not that I am aware of. Um, um, you know, I think certainly as we look at spinoffs, we need to kind of think about the, the catalyst, what is going to be the inflection point, like you mentioned, Hari, but when it comes to residio, um, not, not that I can really think of. Um, they did mention, you know, they're, they're all, all, all their products work with existing big, big, you know, big OEMs. So, for example, like Amazon and, or Samsung, all these different like vendors, they, their products, Honeywell's product or now Residio products, they interoperate with um, these big vendors, but that's already in place uh, in terms of future catalyst. Um, not that I can see. Okay. I mean, I, I think part of this is not necessarily that, you know, a PE of six by itself is its own catalyst in some ways, right? If mm-hmm. if a company is trading at such a cheap price relative to what we think it, it should be worth, right? If we do our normal analysis and we see them starting to clean things up and, you know, they start getting, you know, seeing operational improvements now that they're outside of the Honeywell uh, arm. You know, I think those things are going going forward could be potentially, you know, significant valuation drivers, mm-hmm. right? Or, or price drivers. But mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, just getting back to our normal thought process on investing in general, right? The challenge that you face with any investment, whether it's a spinoff or it is a... Um, you know, it's a great business at a fair price uh, or anything else is, it's still opportunity cost, right? You own um, Resinio um, relative to other businesses that you could potentially own, right? And that's kind of where this, you know, falls into a gray zone, right? Is that you see it, you see the PE of six, you see um, their ability to grow, um, you know, they have a strong incentive you know, structure to uh, to the CEO to kind of clean things up and move it. You know, there was forced selling that kind of lowered the price beyond what was reasonable, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of catalysts here that, you know, um, it takes about six months to a year before they actually show up in the stock databases so that, you know, institutionals don't even know that they exist until, you know, six months or a year out. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely things here that are interesting, yep. right? Uh, yeah, for sure. I yeah, those are like inherent. I would agree with you, Hari. I think those are pretty inherent, kind of inherent to the spinoffs, like these catalysts, embedded embedded catalyst. Like they start rising up to analyst radar. They're in analyst radar like six months down the road. Uh, the PE multiple of six catches people's eyes. Wow, why is this so cheap? So all of a sudden, people are like piling on, and that itself, like you said, could be a catalyst. 
Um, yeah. And, but from, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, I, I will say this, that, you know, remember that the long-term returns of spinoffs from 1986 or something like that till 2015, you know, yeah. it was above 20%. That's indiscriminately mm-hmm. owning all spinoffs. You got mm-hmm. a plus 20, you know, 20 plus percent rate of return yearly. Um, you know, so what we do when we look at any of these is we want to filter out the the dogs and, you know, keep the keep the gems, so to speak, because mm-hmm. for everyone that went up, you know, 50 percent or 90 percent, there's others that, you know, get, you know, decline in value or so, you know, so on. I don't see this business as something that'll decline in value over time, right? I mean, they have a, it's, I wouldn't call it a moat, you know, a strong moat, but they have some protection because of the Honeywell brand and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they'll be able to at least maintain their their revenue going forward. And I think it'll probably grow through acquisition and other, you know, um, operating efficiencies and, you know, that kind of stuff. And the management is certainly incentivized to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to, to maximize their net income. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that's, you know, this is that that's the way to think about this kind of business? I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And I think, um, you know, more, more to come. I think, you know, they, they spun off, you know, October, 2018. This is around the time, you know, this is June. So, uh, we're, we're getting close to their one year mark. So at one year mark, we should, you know, I think this is something that has to be on my radar to kind of continuously kind of look at to see how it, how, how it kind of pans out from here. I think this will be a good case study, um, for me to see how, how it kind of rolls out from here and see what, see what management does to clean things up and, and to, to put themselves back on the radar. Yeah. And I, I think they've, you know, they're probably working on that kind of stuff right now that, Mm-hmm. Honeywell had an incentive to get get it spun out, but the fact that they essentially hired a CEO to come work for this, if he's capable of you know working at a three billion dollar company, he's probably capable of working at another three billion dollar company. So, but he mm-hmm. came to Honeywell for a reason, and it I think that can tell you a little bit about you know why he's stuck with Residio is you know he wants to maximize that net income going forward, so mm-hmm. and the free cash flow. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, a few more questions, are you? Well, I, you know, no, I think, um, you know, spinoffs is more of an advanced topic than what we've been teaching you so far. You know, mm-hmm. certainly I don't, I have not to date invested in a spinoff um, within the first two or three years. I like an idiot. I've looked at a lot of spinoffs and I said, wow, that was really mm-hmm. cheap. And then I did something dumb and, looked you know elsewhere and then the Mm -hmm. stock you know doubled or tripled in the next two or three years so Mm -hmm. um you know this is something that for both of us i think you know we we are starting to you know realize you know that there's tremendous value to be had in the spinoff space we're still just learning how to you know to maximize that value so uh and identify the good good stocks from the bad ones right Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah, I definitely want to learn learn as much as I can about spinoff because all the experts are saying, you know, this is a place to look for. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I look I, for a really good good return. So And I think they're right. I mean, I you know, I can definitely see why you would think Residio is cheap and why it could grow. You know, we looked mm-hmm. at uh, another one, Core Point uh lodging, um, mm-hmm. you know, a uh you know, that makes um 
you know, they own all of the real estate assets for uh, La Quinta hotels Mm -hmm. and their kind of catalyst is that they're, they had a lot of properties under construction uh, and they were upgrading them to uh, go to a higher price tier, you know, so that Mm -hmm. they can charge more for the same asset essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, that's a, you know, that was kind of a more clear, you know, catalyst for, for growth. Um, But, you know, um, Corepoint has been on, you know, it's been spun off for almost a or more than a year now. More than a year, yeah. And uh, stock price is still languishing at a fifty percent or more drop. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, uh, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of things to be learned here, um, and a lot of polishing that both of us need to do on on the the spinoff side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And if you guys have any thoughts about spinoffs, you know, please reach out to us on Twitter, uh, Value Investor TV. That's our handle, Value Investor TV. Or reach out reach out to us on email, value, um, info at valueinvestor.org. Info at valueinvestor.org. All right. Um, anything else, Hari, before we no, and close it, this one out? No, if you're, um, if you're interested in asking us to you know, look at another company, uh, you can also send us an email at that same uh, site, info at valueinvestor.org, and we'd be you know, happy to look. Um, this was a, you know, f- certainly a great company for both of us to start reviewing because, um, you know, spinoffs are always a great place to look. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening and uh, hope you uh, stick around and listen to more episodes in the future. Uh, awesome. Thank you guys. And we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.